everyone, Siobhan Chapman here, and welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. It's Friday morning, which means it's time for the weekend review and preview conversation, where my guests will recap how markets have performed over the past few sessions and preview what you can expect in the week ahead. Today's conversation primarily focuses on the UAW strike as well as the Fed's September policy decision. Joining us for the conversation, I'm glad to welcome back Danny Kessler, Asset Allocation Strategist with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Danny, welcome. We're happy to have you. Hi, Siobhan. Thanks for having me on. Of course. So let's get started. So, Danny, let's begin with the central bank news as we heard from the Fed with their September policy decision this past Wednesday. Can you recap for us some of the takeaways from the statement as well as the press conference and if there were any notable market response that you can speak of? Sure, Siobhan. So, yeah, all eyes were on the Fed meeting this week. Chair Jerome Powell and the rest of the Federal Open Market Committee, or FOMC, delivered the result the market expected, leaving the Fed funds rate target range unchanged at five and a quarter to five and a half percent. This was mostly a foregone conclusion, with listeners likely more focused on the Fed's rhetoric and updated dot plot, which shows projections from FOMC members on where the fund, Fed funds rate will be at various points in the future. Chair Powell and the FOMC statement did not use language much different than used previously this year, as there was a continued emphasis on the Fed's commitment to bringing inflation down while remaining data-dependent in decision-making. The Summary of Economic Projections, or the SEP, on the other hand, showed significant changes from its last update at the June meeting, with projections for stronger economic conditions and interest rates higher for longer. Focusing in on the dot plot, 12 of 19 FOMC participants believe there will be one more 25 basis point hike by the end of 2023. Additionally, the median dots for the years 2024 and 2025 were both raised by 50 basis points each. Our base case here in the Chief Investment Office remains that the Fed will not raise rates again this year, as there is a variety of factors that could weigh on the economy in the fourth quarter pushing growth below trend as we expect core inflation to continue trending lower. Markets had a mixed reaction to the announcement from the Fed. The U.S. two-year yield jumped eight basis points at the time of the release and has hovered near that level since. The 10-year yield had an opposite reaction where it was muted around the time of the release, but since then climbed 15 basis points. And then looking at equities, the S&P 500 initially rose directly following the press conference, but since has fallen close to 3%. It may have taken the market's time to digest the Fed rhetoric, which hasn't really changed over the course of their rate hiking cycle, but it's being perceived as hawkish in the face of stubbornly resilient economic data. Thank you for that update, Danny, but I want to move outside of the Fed. What were some other notable macro points of interest from this past week? Yeah, sure. So the main focus of investors was the Fed, um, but there were a few other notable macro data points. So to begin the week, China's economy showed signs of stabilizing after continually disappointing expectations this year. Uh, Industrial production in the country rose 4.5% from August, which is up from uh, year over year, which is up from July's number and beating expectations handily. The release reinforces our view that stimulus measures in the country are supporting activity. Turning to energy prices, Brent crude approached almost 100 U.S. dollars per barrel, which is the highest level since November of 2022, 
providing further evidence of a tightening oil market. Oil is likely to remain undersupplied for the end of 2023 due to solid demand and lower production from OPEC plus number states, supporting elevated prices. Back here in the U.S., the National Association of Home Builders Housing Market Index came in lower than expected for the second straight month, with home builders' confidence and consumer demand for homes falling. Meanwhile, jobless claims across the country came in much lower than expected, indicating the stubbornly tight labor market is resisting signs of softening. This economic release may have reinforced investors' perception of the Fed's hawkish tone and contributed to outsized moves in the rates and equities markets. Danny, I want to focus on some headlines that our listeners might have seen surrounding the United Auto Workers strike. Can you provide us with a little bit of background to how this all came to be and speak to any economic implications? Yeah, definitely, Siobhan. So the, the strike is against three major U.S. auto manufacturers. It's General Motors, Ford Motor, and Stellantis. So close to 13,000 of UAW's 146,000 workers have walked out but the strike could expand if negotiations stall. The union has pretty steep demands, uh, including wage increases close to 40% spread across four years, cost of living adjustments, more paid time off, and increased pension benefits. The two sides appear pretty far apart on an agreement, and a quick settlement does not seem likely. So in the case of a relatively short strike, we would estimate the economic impact to be minor and for output to recover quickly resulting in little permanent damage to the economy. However, if the strike expands to all UAW workers and production at all three major companies is brought to a halt, the impacts could be more severe, affecting around half of U.S. vehicle output and reducing GDP by one quarter of a percentage point. If the strike then coincides with a government shutdown and or the resumption of student loan repayments, the headwinds could be amplified, resulting in low or even negative GDP growth in the fourth quarter. Inflation impacts are likely to be limited to areas pertinent to the auto industry, such as car prices. However, these uh, increases in car prices could come at a time that's difficult, with higher interest rates already on auto loans, higher gasoline prices, and more expensive auto insurance. Investment implications are also likely to be contained with a modest impact on spreads for automotive company bonds, uh, risks for equities exposed to the industry, and possible benefits for electric car producers. So turning to next week, Danny, what will be taking place that investors should be mindful of? Yeah, so as the third quarter comes to a close, there will be a good bit of economic data for investors to dig their teeth into. Uh, Several manufacturing indices will be released, giving a glimpse into a sector that remains in a mild recession. New home sales and durable goods orders will provide a gauge of the economy's health. Uh, The personal consumption release will show if the consumer remains strong and will be followed by the Fed's preferred measure of inflation, personal consumption expenditure. Finally, on Friday, the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment and Inflation Expectations will be released providing a glimpse into consumers' outlooks. So plenty for investors to keep an eye open for next week. Perfect, Danny. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me on, Siobhan. Hope you have a great weekend. Again, today we have been joined by Danny Kessler, Asset Allocation Strategist with the UBS Chief Investment Office. And as a reminder to our listeners, Top of the Morning is a part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 
Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the UBS training video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Siobhan Chapman, and thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.